You know, every every action has a reaction. Um, every action has a consequence. Um, they're, they're not. That's not a copyright of mine in 2017. That goes back a fair way, I'd say. Uh, and before I got this picture of Mackenzie neighbour, I had to ask permission. Mackenzie said, well, have we got clothes on? And I said, yes. Actually, okay, I'll put it up. You know, when a child is born, one of their first reflexes is, is about, uh, about an action and reaction. If they cry, they'll, they'll get fed or they'll get their nappy changed or they'll, uh, you know, they'll, they'll get love, they'll get a cuddle. If they push a button on something, it'll light up, it'll make a sound or uh, if they push something, it'll come back at them. Every action has a consequence. If you don't put your seatbelt on properly or you don't put it on at all and you don't shut the door properly and you get in the car and you drive around the corner and you lean up against the door, you fall out and it really hurts. If you awkwardly jump off a trampoline and land like this, you'll break your arm in a few places and struggle to sort of straighten your arm for the rest of your life. You climb up a, a, a slide instead of going up the steps and you get to the edge and you fall off and you'll break the other arm. <laughs> if you marry the daughter of two psych nurses, you'll be consistently psychologically analysed for the rest of your life. There's a, Snapchat, a, snap, a quick snap of my life. And if you have children, there's plenty of consequences. But one of the best things is when they say that I love you. I love you, Dad. I love you, Mum. There are many consequences and there are many reactions and, uh, from the action that Jesus took on the cross. And this morning, I'm just going to quickly look at one of those. The, the torn veil. And it was just in that, in that third verse I saw that song we sang. Three of the four Gospels talk about it when Jesus Christ died, the veil or the curtain in the temple which separated the most holy place, the holy of holies, where the presence of God was amongst his people from the holy place and the tabernacle, the temple and the, the courtyards. It was this curtain and it says that it was torn in two from top to bottom. We don't get a lot of information from the Bible about this curtain, about this veil. Um, but as you read what we do have and as you look at what his Jewish historians have written and we get a, we get a, start to get a glimpse and piece it together that this was not your average curtain. Perhaps up to about 60 feet high. I'm guessing, I don't know what this, 15 or anyone know what this, this would be pretty high. This is, it's obviously much bigger than this ceiling. And anywhere from 20 to 30, we'll, we'll take 25 just for this morning, 20, 25 feet wide. Must be as wide as this stage here. And inches thick. Some resources say it's as, as wide as your, as thick as your, your, the space of your hand, the palm of your hand. It was dense material, countless threads woven through it to make it impossible to see through. 
but it also made it incredibly heavy. In fact, there are, there's an account uh, that, that talks about 300 priests having to take, during the year, take it the curtain to clean the curtain because it got unclean. As, as much as that might be an exaggeration of Jewish writings, it tells us something of this curtain that it's not the one that you have in your lounge room behind your window or that's going to be on special this weekend at Victory, Curtains and Blinds. One... Th- oh, it's a, no, no. That's too much TV. The purpose of this was to separate people from the presence of God. I'm not going to go into all the detail there of the tabernacle... But as I said before, it separated the holy of holies from the holy place and the rest of the tabernacle or the temple. It was where God made his dwelling amongst his people and God could not allow sin in his presence. Sin was that resulted in death. You couldn't just waltz into the holy of holies behind the curtain and just waltz into the presence of God or expect to just ask God for forgiveness at any time you would die. In Leviticus 17, it talks about that with Aaron's sons. But it was one day a week, the Day of Atonement, where one person from the whole nation of Israel, the high priest, one day could go into that place. And there were a whole bunch of things that he had to do, strict instructions, to follow in order to bring forgiveness for the people of Israel. He would have to bathe himself, put on special clothes, make multiple sacrifices, firstly for himself and for his family. So in order to come clean in the presence of God, in order to bring the blood from a bull and sprinkle it on the cover of the Ark of the Covenant, and God says you follow all these strict steps and procedures and you will find forgiveness. But you get any of this wrong and you will die. It's pretty full on. You reckon you recognise this photo? You may have seen it in, as a, as a, uh, in the theatres all over the world, The Wizard of Oz. I had to re-familiar myself, familiarise myself with the story during the week but uh, Dorothy and, and her friends and associates there, they're off to see the, the wizard. The wonderful wizard. Yeah, I don't know how it goes now. I won't sing it. And, uh, and as they uh, get, they get detailed instructions from the wizard. If they want to go home, they've got to, is I think it's the Wicked Witch of the West they've got to go get rid of. So they go off and they have all their adventures they follow the instructions and they come back after all that time and I think it's little Toto that dog gets up to the curtain, pulls the curtain back and reveals it's not actually such a powerful sort of wizard as they first thought. Bit of a fake, just a plain old man behind the curtain. When Jesus died, this curtain that separated 
God from his people, a barrier for forgiveness of sins that took many steps in order to be made right. This giant curtain was torn from the top to the bottom. And it tells us that it is something that God has done. No human could have done what God did, tearing this veil from the top to the bottom. And unlike the Wizard of Oz, there was no underwhelming uh, there was no underwhelming uh, revelation of what was behind the curtain. But there was a revelation of our awesome, powerful God, creator of the universe, who had a way, who had, he had made a way for forgiveness of sins, but now he is saying, I have a new way. I have a new plan for salvation, a new way for forgiveness. And we read about that in Hebrews 10, 19. It says in Hebrews 10, 19 to 22. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him, for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. It's not now one high priest going in one day a week sprinkling the blood of the bull on the Ark of the Covenant. There is a new way. Jesus, the great high priest, has made access to God for anyone at any time, anywhere to come to him and ask for forgiveness of sins. Jesus is the way. God made a new way to know him and it's Jesus, he is the way. God made a new way to have forgiveness and salvation and it's through Jesus. Jesus is the way. John 14, 6, Jesus said, no one, he said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me and this is what he's talking about. This is what Jesus was talking about. There's no procedures to strictly follow. There's no barriers It's not one day a week. We don't have to rely on someone else to go in our place to God. Jesus is the way. Through him, through his blood, we have forgiveness. We have access to God. We have a way to be made right with God. We have a way to know we can spend eternity with him. The responsibility 
is upon each and every one of us to say no no I, I don't I don't need that I don't want that in my life or we make a decision to say yes I believe by faith in what Jesus has done that Jesus is the way he is the way to forgiveness he is the way to know God and to belong to him to place all our hope in him for this life and for eternity to come Today, Easter Friday, Good Friday, it's not about the death of a good man but the death of the Son of God. He is the way to be made right with God and to spend eternity with him. And this morning I just leave you with two questions. Very simply, do you know Jesus Christ as your Saviour and Lord? Do you know him? Do you belong to him? And as you think about those questions, if the answer really is no, not at all, then this morning you do face that decision. The responsibility is on you to say no again and walk out of this place. Or perhaps today is the day you say, yes, I want to believe. I want to believe by faith in what Jesus has done. He is the way to God for this life and for eternity. And if that's a decision you want to make today, I I urge you to talk about it with someone you know. Myself or someone else you trust here in this place. Lord and God, as we consider what you have done I I just can't really grasp all of it but I grasp enough to believe in you by faith to know that I'm saved by grace and this is nothing I could ever buy or earn But you have made a way to know our Creator personally and intimately for both this life and into eternity. As we remember and thank our Saviour for dying in our place for our sin, we look forward to Sunday where we know that He is risen and has conquered sin and death. Bless us as we go from this place, in Jesus' name. Amen.